going to read if you've got your Bible, if you've got your phone, whatever you got. If you don't got nothing, it'll be on the screen. Luke 17, verses 20 through 37. And I'll say this too, I do, I appreciate my husband. I'll give this quick snippet. When I first started preaching, I knew that God had called me. I come from a church up in northern Kentucky. Women do it, supported. But I had a husband that didn't believe. <laughs> and the first time I was asked to preach, we were asked to tag team. And I said, oh, God, I looked at Pastor Donald Sims, and I said, what are you thinking? Because I have a husband at home that says he doesn't believe in women, and you think we're going to tag team this together? But I can tell you, in one week's time, God changed and turned his heart around. So I'm thankful for his support, and I love him. And so we're going to dig into this. Luke 17, verse 20 through 37. And it says, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Then he said to the disciples, the days will come when you will desire to see one of the, sorry, let me restart that over. The days will come when you will desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. And they will say to you, look here or look there. Do not go after them or follow them. For as the lightning that flashes out of one part under the heaven shines to the other part under heaven. So also the Son of Man will be in his day. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on that day, Lot went out of Sodom. It rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be that day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he is also, he who is on the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down and take them away. And likewise, the one who's in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in the night there will be two men in one bed, and one will be taken, and the other one left. Two women will be grinding together, the one will be taken and one left. Two men will be in the field, one taken and one left. And last verse, and, then, and they answered and said to him, Where, Lord? So he said to them, Wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together if you'll bow your heads. Father, we thank you. Father, we magnify you. We glorify you, Lord, for who you are in our lives today. God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would hide me behind your cross, God. God, that you let every word, Lord, that come out of my mouth be ordained by you, Lord. I ask that you open the ears and the hearts, Lord, of every person in this building, God, and do exactly what you want to do, Lord, and we'll never fail to give you praise. And everyone can say, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to title this message as Don't Look Back. 
You see, here we are in Luke 17, our text. Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's talking about the end of times, which that's another day for another message. But he's talking about the lightning flashing and the days of Noah and the flood came and the days of Lot and his and his family and Sodom and Gomorrah and, and fire and brimstone came upon them and, and the days of everything going on and right in the middle of all of this what's going to take place he says remember Lot's wife I don't know about you but that is one of the scriptures, the second shortest scripture in the Bible. Three words, remember Lot's wife. And so as we look at that, I don't know, I feel like as I was studying, I thought this was kind of funny. I, I debated even saying it a couple times, but, you know, we live in modern days. This is where we are. You've heard of the people say, oh, you just had a squirrel moment. I, I have many squirrel moments. And so I feel like Jesus himself, maybe they were sitting around like, man, hang on a second. He's sitting here talking to us about the end of times and what's going to take place. And he literally just had a squirrel moment because out of the blue, he went all the way back to Genesis and said, remember Lot's wife. Like, why would he do that? Remember Lot's wife. And so when I think about that, I don't know, but I can think of a whole lot of other people that Jesus could have asked us to remember. I think about Sarah, who bore a child and was faithful and trusting God in her 90s. I can think about David, who fought Goliath. I can think about Ruth. I can think about Paul. I can even think about his own mother, who gave birth to him. But he didn't ask us to remember any of those people. But he did ask us to remember Lot. See, he says, remember Lot's wife. But here's the crazy thing about Lot's wife. All we know is her by Lot's wife. She don't have a name. She don't, we don't know anything about her. So why would God ask us to remember someone that the only thing we know in the word is merely her destruction, her death? So I want to step back into Genesis chapter 19. We'll do a review for a second, and then we'll dig a little deeper. But if you don't know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, so back in back a couple verses, and, and here is Abram, who, whose name changed, got to Abraham. The Lord changed his name, and that's Lot's nephew. And so there was some excitement going on, such as they were both growing, and, and Abram didn't, Abraham didn't want them to be at each other. So he went to his nephew and he said, listen, more or less, you do you, I'll do me. You go to the left, I'll go to the right. You go to the right, I'll go to the left. But you, you need to pick where you're going. And so it says that Lot began to look out and he looked and he looked towards Sodom. And so he decided to take his family there. Fast forward, craziness was going on. Sin was taken over the camp. God sent some angels because he had told Abraham, I'm going to destroy this city. And Abraham, so many times, were so afraid to ask God, God, will you do this for me? Will you do that for me? But Abraham let a boldness rise up on the inside of him. And he said, wait a second, God, my nephew's over there. So can you just spare if you find 50 righteous? The Lord told him, I'll, I'll spare him. He kept going down the line, going down the line. And the only righteous people over there 
was Lot and his family. So fast forward, the angels come to the door of Lot. Lot knew exactly what the, who they were. And he let them in because they were going to go sleep in the square. And they said, no, you got to sleep in here because Lot knew the craziness going on in his, in his place. And so he brought them in. And as he brought them in, he housed them. Then at the door was men wanting in the house. Give us those men. Give us those men. They wanted to have a relationship with those men. And Lot said, no. He said, better yet, I'll give you my virgin daughters. You can have them. Whoa. See, so many times I don't think, I know I wouldn't offer somebody, but he knew what was in his house. He knew the presence of the Lord that was in his house. So you fast forward to Genesis 19, 15 through 7. It says, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, arise, take your wife when your two daughters who are here Least you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hands, and the hands of his two daughter. The Lord had been merciful, and they brought him out and set them outside the city. So it came to pass when they brought, when they had brought them out of the city, that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stay anywhere in the plain, except. To the mountains, lest ye be destroyed. So here this angel is saying, hey, escape. Don't look back. Don't stay anywhere. You've got to get out of Dodge. You've got to go. Because sometimes we get in the busyness, I believe, of life, and we get overwhelmed that sometimes God is saying to us, hey, it's time to move. It's time for you to go. But we're so consumed with what's going on in our life that we don't even hear him and we don't even heed to the don't look back. You see, we find it easier to look back. We find it easier to stop where we are and just set up shop. Because that's how we do life. We build homes. We buy homes. We get jobs. We create families. We do this, and, and we get in our comfortable stages of life. And here the Lord is saying, don't look back. But Lot's wife did quite the opposite. In Genesis 19, 26, it says, but his wife back behind him. And she looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. So here's the lady that we don't know her name. We know everything about her destruction. And God is still reminding us today to remember Lot's wife. Luke 9, 62 in the Amplified Version says, But Jesus said to him, No one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back, to the things left behind is fit for the kingdom. Oh, that's tough to hear too. The fact that we're more worried and more, and what we feel is more important is what's behind us versus where God is taking us. His word tells us that when we're looking what's back here versus looking what's here, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. Because, see, we can't draw people to God if we aren't going for God ourselves. We can't ask people to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. We can't be saying, hey, you need to pray. Hey, you need to fast. Hey, you need to do this. When we don't even open the word of God in our homes. Come on. Come on. 
I want to get right where you are. Why? Because God isn't talking to one person this morning. He's talking to all of us because we get comfortable with what's back here versus what's up here. And we let this, this word of God get a little dust on it. We let our prayer time, oh gosh, I got to pray. I got to set five minutes aside. But we can look at social media for two hours. Whoa, time got past me. Time went past me. But oh my God, when we forget to talk to the Father, when we forget to lead our children and teach them how to pray, when we forget to teach them that we got to get in the house of God. People say, well, I don't need to go to church. No, maybe you don't. But the word of God says to assemble yourselves with believers. Iron sharpens iron. You can't do this all by yourself. The enemy lies too much saying, you got this. You can do this. You've got you do you, boo. Right? Well, do you all day long. But also do what God is calling you to do. And you look forward and you press toward the mark. And you make sure that you're doing the business of God. So life and promise were waiting. That's the crazy thing. Life and promise was waiting for her at the top of the hill. Her protection was at the top of the hill. But death was pressing on her ankles. And she lingered. She was determined to cling to Sodom just as long as she could. In fact, it wasn't just her. Lot lingered too. He didn't look back like Lot did, but he lingered in Genesis 19, 16. And it said, and while he, who's he? Lot. While he lingered, the men took his hand, his wife's hand. He began to grab them. That makes me think of like a two-year-old or our children in a store. When they're saying, I want to go to the toy aisle. And we're going, no, we got to do this. I think spiritually there's this tug of war. When God's saying, come on, I want to take you a little further. Oh, but God, do you see what's back there that's more comfortable for me? He says he lingered. Lot lingered in Sodom. In that strange but familiar place, he lingered. Here the angel of the Lord is taking them by the hand, leading them as a family to their place of safety, their place of refuge, and leading them to their future. See, that's what God wants to do in us today. He wants us to, he wants us to, he's grabbing us by the hand and he says, but I've got good things in store for you. I've got places that I want to take you. I've got places that I want you to go. I've got lives that I want you to speak in, but all you've got to do is come with me. It's an action verb. Come, come with me. You have to do something. It's kind of like Abby was talking. You've got to want to, you've got to move to get more of God. So the Amplified Version Again, I, there's some of that I, that I'm, I'm loving now. The Amplified, Genesis 19, 26. I'm going to reread that. It says, but Lot's wife from behind him foolishly, longingly looked back towards Sodom in an act of disobedience. And she became a pillar of salt. She longed for what was behind. Maybe longing for what was. Or maybe longing for what might would have been. 
sometimes we get caught up in, in going, God, but it was supposed to be like that. But God, I was expecting you to do this. God, I was pleading with you. God, I was asking you, but Lord, you've turned around and didn't answer it the way that I thought you should. It's like Nicholas said, sometimes that's the hardest prayer, God. What your will is, your will. Sometimes what we want is not what God wants for our life. But something happened. See, instead of living in Sodom, somehow she had gotten to the point where Sodom was living on the inside of her. You see, in this world, we live in this world. The word tells us we are in this world, but we're not of this world. But so many times, instead of just being here, we let the world live inside of us. And then we get all confused and we get all upset when we don't realize why God is not moving in a way where we think he should move. So it was easier for Lot's wife to see what was behind her. It was easier for Lot's wife to look behind her because that was comfortable. That was familiar. It was easier for her because she knew. Oh, but if only Lot's wife could have seen the promise up on the hill, maybe she would have not looked back. It's easy to look back from where you came from. It's easy to be comfortable with the familiar of what's behind you. One of the hardest things I had ever done was at 20, from a very tight-knit family, is decide that I'm going to get married, and I'm going to move two and a half hours out of Cincinnati. I'm going to go south, and I'm going to live this life. And I longed, at least for the hard, the first year, of wanting to go back. We had people that meant well. I'd be in the altar praying and sobbing because we just came in from Cincinnati. One, one guy had patted Dwight one time and said, man, he'll be all right. Every marriage has its rough spots. I just wanted to be home because home is where my bed was. Home is where my mom and dad was. Home is where my family was. It was so much easier at times to look back and say, God, I know that you've got big plans for us. I know you're wanting to do things in us, but God, I would rather just go back home. We can't just stop. We can't look behind us. We have to look in front of us and see what God has in store for us. I don't know what made her look back. I don't know what made her drawn so much to Sodom, but she did the very thing that the Lord said don't do. Don't look back. But because she looked back, she got stuck. She got stuck in a place that she was just passing through. You see, the enemy would love you to get stuck in a place that God is saying, I don't want you to stay here. This isn't my final destination for you. This is just a place. But we find that we get stuck from this spot to that spot in the middle of the process of where God is taking us because we get comfortable, we set up shop, we do things, and we forget that the whole reason we're right in the middle is because that's where God placed us to be. But see, we get stuck in a place where God is saying, it's just for a minute. It's just for a minute. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to stay right in the middle, stuck from the very place you should be just passing through. 
See, it's a place that God didn't intend for you to stay. It's a place that he doesn't want you to long for. It's a place that we long for again of what it could have been, what God could be doing or what it should have been. Sometimes we get so hurt at God sometimes in our lives when we think you're not working this out the way that I need you to or the way that I want you to. Because when we look back, maybe it's when you feel like you've been asking God for things and you're asking God to move in situations in your life and God is trying to uproot some things sometimes. Sometimes we ask God, you know, why aren't they calling me like they used to? Why aren't, why aren't we hanging out like we used to? God, why, aren't, why isn't this happening and this happening? Sometimes God's just plucking those things out of our life that he says you really don't need. But then we find ourselves in that moment that goes, God, but I love that. I'll wait on you, God. Hang on just a second, but I need to look back here for just a minute. I'm longing, God, for that relationship that God's saying, come on, you don't understand. I know what the future holds for you, but God, I, I want this. I want to ask, why salt? Why salt? Why a pillar of salt? I truly believe it was God using a pillar of salt to be an example of her disobedience. Because he made her a common pillar of salt. Because I want to remind you of what his word says in Matthew 5.13. And it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing to be thrown out and trampled under the foot by men. So see, what happened is the very thing that she longed for because she was turned into a pillar of salt. She was no longer effective for the kingdom of God. She was no longer able to be who God had called her to be because she began to lose her flavor. She began to lose her desire. She began to lose her hunger for who he was. So he began to turn her, he turned her into a pillar of salt. See, when you have a longing for what's behind us, we lose our flavor for affecting the kingdom of God. This thing that we do, serving God, serving Jesus, has nothing to do with me, our pastor, or you. But it has everything to do with with him. It has everything to do with him. I believe that's why in Luke, he says, remember Lot's wife. He didn't take us all the way back to Genesis to remind us to, to remember Lot's wife. It is why Jesus himself is teaching about the end of times. Because so many, some of you may be sitting here and saying, well, I'm not looking back. Maybe you don't think you are. But I think there are times in all of our lives when we look behind us and we think, God, I want to do that. God, I don't want to move forward. So I want to come over here and get my little person. If I had a wig, I would have um, put it on him. Just 
So many times we have things in our life. Let's see if I can get this off without ripping any of these off. We have things in our life that are behind us. There's so many things we could put. This person is only so big, but there's so many things that we could put. Anxiety, suicide, past failure, addictions, loneliness, relationships, past and present. Sometimes we got relationships that are behind us that we want to hold on to when we want to hold back and we want to say, if I could just if I could just fix them, if I could do this, and, and you're fighting with God and God's saying, come, and you're going, but God, I want this relationship. And God's saying, quit looking behind you. Don't look behind you, but look what I have in front of you. Divorce. Maybe it's that marriage that didn't work. And the enemy's saying, you know what, God can't use you. You're, you're divorced. It all, it all fell apart. It all's broke. How can God use you? And, and you'd be affected. It's so easy to look at these things that want to hold us back. That we, the enemy wants us to look at and say, you're right, I do have past failures. How can I move forward for God? You're right, I, there was abuse in my home or I've, I'm an abuser myself. How can I get delivered and move forward with God? I have an addiction and so many times we want to say our addiction is drugs and alcohol and absolutely it is. But maybe you have an addiction to social media. Maybe you have an addiction to the internet. Maybe you have an addiction to spend money unwisely. Whatever your addiction is, maybe your addiction is to spend the summer on the lake. I don't know. We have addictions. We as Christians, it's so easy for us to want to categorize and, and say, well, this sin is a big sin and that sin. In the eyes of God, sin is sin. It don't matter how big or how small. It don't matter what a white lie you told or if you went and killed someone yesterday. Sin is sin. And the enemy would love nothing more than to us look back, hold on to it, and say, in a minute, God. But God's saying, don't look back. We forget what's Behind us, Philippians 3, 13 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things that are ahead. We've got to forget what's back here and go forward with what's up here. Because what's behind you doesn't define you. What's back here doesn't define what God wants to do in your life. What's back here, maybe you weren't born on the right side of the tracks, but on those side of the tracks, God can take you and he can send you out. He can do in you what no man can do in you. When we are looking for man's approval, then we have totally lost it. We have totally messed up because man will judge you. Man will find fault in you. And let me tell you this, you will fail a man or woman every day. None of us are perfect. We will fail. We will fall. But it's when we can do and be who God has called us to be. I feel like some of us this morning, we're stuck. We're stuck in this in this mindset of, I think the enemy is fighting us very hard. We talk a lot about it, and I know some people may say, gosh, we got to mention anxiety again. we got to mention depression again. It's real. It's real. 
the enemy knew exactly what he was doing. I'm not going to get political. I'm not even going to go there. But in 2020, he knew exactly what he was doing when he began to seclude people because he was able to get into the minds of people. And there are people, mental health is at an all-time high. When, when that's not God's intentions, we, and I know, that trust me, you get the help you need. You go to the doctor, you get the help you need, you get healthy. We get healthy from, with things for our heart, for our bodies. We take the things we need to take. You take the things that your doctor needs you to take. But I can promise you one thing. When we can allow God to do a complete transformation of our minds, of our hearts, and of our bodies, we can live in the fullness of who he is. Live in the fullness of who he is. So we get stuck back there. We get stuck not on where we're going. If they'll come to the music. I tried to speed up so you guys could go eat. I'm just kidding. I know, see? There you go, Poppy. So, I shared this in the first service. I'm going to share it in the first, this service. I'm reminded a lot when I think about a car. And so, we're at Walmart last night. I don't even really know what we went in there for. But we went in there, we're coming out, and this guy, I left this part out in first service. What brought the conversation up, this guy pulls in this massive truck. I mean, massive. I was like, man, that's a nice truck. And uh, Emerson, out of the blue, whoa, out of the blue, she said, Mom, Dad, I have a question. We're walking in the parking lot. I said, what's that? If you'll go ahead and stand. I said, what's that? She said, you know, Nicholas, he's small. <laughs> well, I know Nicholas is losing weight. And I thought, what, what, what route is she taking this? And I said, what do you mean by small, Emmy? She said, well, you know, like, short. Yeah. She said, he's got a big truck. I said, yeah, he does. She said, you know, dad is big. And he has to climb in a small car. <laughs> he does. Yep. And I said, well, maybe one day the Lord will bless us with a big truck for your dad to ride in a big truck and not be in a small car because he rolls in and he rolls out. And it made me think, roly poly, it made me think of our vehicles. We're driving spiritual cars what do you know about a car it's windshield is big some are bigger some are smaller but the windshield as a whole is big what is attached to that windshield it's a rear view mirror it's small why because when you're driving a car it's not important about what's behind you, but what's important is what's in front of you. What's important is where you're going. And that is the same way in our spiritual cars. God has a rear view mirror that maybe we can be reminded of where we came from, reminded of what we've gone through, but it doesn't define where we're going. telling you there are some of you in here this morning you are allowing this to define who you are 
But God wants to remind you this morning, to remember this afternoon, remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Don't look back. But here's how, if we say the rubber hits the road, I can't do it for you. Our pastor can't do it for you. Our church leadership can't do it for you. We can help you, but you have to make it up in your mind that I'm no longer going to be, be looking back to what's behind me. I'm going to keep the big thing, the big thing, and the small things, the small things as a reminder of where I'm coming, but also of where you I'm telling you, I feel God in this place. I know it's 1233. We'll spend hours at a basketball game. We'll spend hours at a baseball game. We'll spend hours at a football game. We'll spend all night fishing. It's not pointed towards anyone. It's pointed towards everyone. We'll spend hours shopping. We'll spend hours scrolling Facebook and Instagram and want what everybody has that's nothing but a fake facade anyways. I want their house. They look happy. I want their car. That looks nice. I want their family. They look like they get along. I was in my garage. We were sweating our brains out yesterday. And I mean, me and Dwight's a little testy with each other. The girls were frustrated. I thought, Lord, this is complete chaos in this house. We look like we got it together sometimes. But that's what Facebook and social media does. Wants to make things look perfect. Wants to make it look like ain't nobody dealing with this stuff. Ain't nobody dealing with this when we all got junk in our lives that we're dealing with. And are we going to allow God to move us forward or are we going to keep looking back? Keep looking back. Keep looking back. Keep looking back. Oh. I'm telling you, it is your day to get from what you want from your God, but you have to go after it. You've got to grab it. You've got to grab his hand as he's reaching down, saying, come on, let me take you up to the hill. Let me take you to where, where there's health, where there's happiness, where there's joy. You can't be like the two-year-old in the, in the candy store begging their parents, Look, but I want this, I want that. When the parents maybe have something better at home.
whom he may devour. But you must make up your mind that you will not be devoured by your enemies. I have created you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You were created in my image. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. But you have allowed your mind to become a battlefield of the enemy. You have listened to the lies and the deceit long enough. I do have a plan for you. A plan to prosper you. A plan never to harm you. A plan to give you a hope and a future. But you must stop listening to the voice of the enemy. You must stop looking back at your past and look forward to that which I am calling you to. For ahead of you lies great blessings. Ahead of you lies the promised land. Some never made it to the promised land. But if you will follow after me, if you will cling to me, and you will stop looking back, I will show you great and mighty things that you have never known before. But you must make the choice to look forward and stop looking back. Try me, says the Lord, and see if I will not perform what I have promised you. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. Maybe you say, I don't want to lift my hands. That's not me. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hands. I'm going to follow what Pastor Sean would say if you don't understand that. That is God's voice speaking to us. I know he will be more than happy to sit down with you if you have questions. As your hands are lifted, we've talked about it before, this is a sign of surrender. This is a sign of surrender. So while your hands are lifted, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to say if there's anyone in here that doesn't know him, this is a perfect day to give your life to him. You come to me, I'll come to you and we'll pray. You come to anyone in here that knows the Lord, they'll pray with you. But as your hands are lifted, I'm going to ask, are you willing to surrender? You're already in the position to surrender to Him. No matter what you've walked in here with, are you ready to completely surrender to God and not look back? He's talking to you this morning. He's talking to me. So... I don't need to add to anything that the Lord has said. All I'm going to say is I'm going to ask everyone in this building that wants to remember Lot's wife and not look back, that you would come forward whether you kneel or whether you stand, but that we get in these altars and we cry out to God and we say, God, I don't want to look back anymore. Come on, if that's you. Come on, I don't care how super spiritual you are, how close to God you are, or how close to God you're not. Because maybe you're not looking back now, but you may wake up in the morning and look back tomorrow.